Hello and welcome ladies and gentlemen to the first episode of Regulatory Radio Season 3. In the previous seasons, we talked about diverse topics under the scope of the regulatory affairs and received a lot of love and support from a global audience. Hi, I'm Mohammed Wasi Akhtar. Hi, I'm Esther Brown. Stay tuned ladies and gentlemen on Regulatory Radio. Well, it is a substantiated fact, ladies and gentlemen, that the U.S. is the largest and the most highly regulated market in North America, roughly accounting to 45% of the global pharmaceutical market, which amounts to a whooping $2.8 trillion. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration, U.S. FDA, is the regulatory authority responsible for providing drug and device approvals and publishing their associated guidelines. Now, what are the driving factors for such a contribution and that too on a global scale? Let's discuss this, ladies and gentlemen, and much more. I'm Mohammed Wasi Akhtar. I head the practice pre-sales and solutions for regulatory affairs medicinal product at Freya Solutions. And I'm pleased to welcome our esteemed guest for today, Esther Brown. She is the director at Freya with more than 20 years of business development experience in various strategic roles with more than six years as a commercial business partner in the life sciences industry. Esther is well positioned to leverage Freya's global regulatory solutions, services, and technology innovations towards achieving client goals and requirements at Freya. Hello, Esther. Welcome to the third season of Regulatory Radio. Hello, Wasi. Thank you for having me here today. You're most welcome, Esther. Today, our audience is keen on understanding the landscape of the pharmaceutical market in the United States. What are your initial thoughts on the same? Well, Wasi, before initiating further discussion revolving around the approval procedures in major global markets, we must understand the need to bring in regulations. The FDA historically developed as a consumer protection agency, whereas the regulations from the European Commission arose out of a need to harmonize interstate commercial trade interests while preserving national autonomy in the pharmaceutical domain. U.S. regulatory procedures are single-handedly managed in a centralized fashion by the FDA Center for Drug Evaluation and Research, CEDAR. All right. So FDA's organizational structure relies upon CEDAR for centralized drug approval. Or are there any more departments that are responsible for the approval of drugs based on the types? Yes, Wasi. FDA includes separate departments that look after human medicinal product approvals depending upon the type of submission. The FDA's organizational structure is made up of the following six product-oriented divisions. Center for Drug Evaluation Research, CEDAR, is responsible for managing approvals of non-biological products, prescription medicines, and over-the-counter products and generic drugs, while the Center for Biologics Evaluation and Research, CBER, protects and advances public health by ensuring that biological products are safe and effective. Then there are the non-drug-related divisions. Center for Device and Radiological Health assures that patients and providers have timely and continued access to high-quality medical devices and safe radiation-emitting products. The Center for Food Safety and Applied Nutrition is responsible for the safety of U.S. produced and imported foods and cosmetics. 
The Center for Tobacco Control oversees the implementation of the Family Smoking Prevention and Tobacco Control Act. And lastly, we have the Center for Veterinary Medicine, which regulates veterinary drugs, animal feed, including pet food, and veterinary medical devices to ensure that products are safe prior to their approval. That's quite an exhaustive list, Esther. Well, since oversight for the approval of non-biologic, including prescription medicines, OTCs, and generic drugs are provided by CEDA, can you further elaborate on the department's roles and responsibilities, particularly in drug approval procedures? For today's topic, I would like to focus my discussion around the most popular submission categories, the abbreviated new drug application, ANDA, the biologic license application, BLA, and new drug application, NDA. The applicant's submission type decides the nature of the journey to submission. All required drug information in case of an NDA and an ANDA are submitted to CEDAR and BLA is submitted to CBER. The center then assesses whether the drug does what it claims in terms of safety and efficacy. The benefit to risk ratio is one of the significant contributing factors in the approval process of the drug. Post-approval, the pharmaceutical companies can market their products whenever the production and distribution capability systems are established. Got it, Esther. But what happens after an applicant submits their application to the respective centers for review? And what are the next critical steps by the regulator? Okay, Wasi. Specific to the nature of the application, the submission is assigned to an assessment team for review. If the application is for an NDA or an ANDA and a filing review issue is identified, then it is discussed within the review team at a 45-day filing meeting, following discussions with the entire review team. If filing review issues are identified for multiple review disciplines, the chief, project management staff, or review division director should authorize the communication of that information to the applicant. Once the application is considered complete, meaning that it contains all the necessary documents and data, it moves forward for verification or otherwise. The applicant is informed about necessary changes and or additional information requirements. This communication may be by letter, telephone conference, fax, secure email, or other expedient methods and should be within the specified time frame. And I'm just curious, uh, how does the authority verify the stated information? Each review team member conducts a full review of their section of the application, including safety, QAQC, toxicology, and so on. FDA inspectors travel to clinical study sites to conduct a routine inspection. The FDA looks for evidence of fabrication, manipulation, or withholding of data. The pre-approval inspection is conducted for finished dosage manufacturers, API manufacturers, finished dosage and API testing sites, primary packaging and labeling sites, animal-derived APIs, and the facility that performs the crude extraction. Such inspections are done in order to uphold the significance of data integrity and conformance to application procedures. Project manager representing the review team of the FDA assembles all individual reviews and other documents, such as the inspection report, into an action package. This document becomes the official record for FDA review. 
The review team issues a recommendation and a senior FDA official makes the final decision. The entire procedure itself takes about six to 10 months for the complete evaluation and decision making. Understood, Esther. Uh, so after the evaluation process is carried out successfully, what comes next? Do we consider the approval to be granted at this stage? No, Wasi, not yet. After the necessary evaluation is done, the FDA recommends any additional labeling requirements or direction of use information that may need further proof or experiments. The applicant may choose to accept or reject the same through a formal appeal. Any insufficient information or requirement of additional data is looked over by the FDA Advisory Committee. Since drug approvals are such time intensive, are there any initiatives taken by CEDAR to streamline the drug development process? And if yes, then please help us understand how these initiatives ensure the drugs are safe and effective. The short answer is yes, Wasi. As per 2020 data, 13 initiatives have been taken up by CEDAR relating to ensuring that the supply of essential drugs and innovators aren't hindered. A few of these initiatives are the 21st Century Review Initiative ensures that drug review process is organized and integrated to identify any issues early in the review process. The Critical Path Initiative stimulates and assists a national effort to modernize the scientific process through which FDA-regulated products are developed, evaluated, and manufactured. The Equal Voice Initiative ensures that all scientific and regulatory experts have put forward their input before a licensing decision is made for a drug. Out of the many initiatives taken by the FDA, are there any specific initiatives that focus primarily on assessing the drug safety aspect when it comes to the potential population? Additionally, do any of these involve patients' opinion prior to being rolled out? Yes, Wasi. The Safety First initiative ensures drug safety throughout the drug life cycle by giving an equal focus to pre-marketing drug review and post-marketing safety. This calls for inter-office disciplinary safety issue teams to assess significant safety issues, recommend actions such as adverse drug reactions and adverse drug events, and monitor applicants' activities. Another initiative, the Safety Use Initiative, is designed to combat medication misuse and error. These and many such initiatives make interdepartmental collaborations possible in order to work a synchronous fashion with patient safety and compliance as an end goal. So Esther, given the rising demand for drug requirements for various illnesses, I'm very curious to know how many drugs on an average are approved by CEDAR every year? Also, could you please educate our audience on the timeline of the research, development, and approval of a drug? Okay, Wasi, if we consider the statistics of approved drugs from 2017 to 2021, on average, 50 novel drugs get approved by CEDAR every year. Coming on your next question, Wasi, the entire process, research, development, and approval for a given drug from preclinical research to final approval can take approximately 12 to 15 years. That's amazing. So, so you just mentioned, Esther, that you know it takes approximately 12 to 15 years for the entire drug development process. Uh, 
Are there any facilitated pathways to accelerate the market entry for life-threatening or maybe rare disease drugs? Yes, Wasi. FDA has designed four facilitated regulatory pathways, FRPs, that are distinguished by several specific characteristics. Depending upon the stage of the drug development process, the pharmaceutical organizations can opt for the desired FRP. The four FRPs are fast track, breakthrough therapy, priority reviews, and accelerated approval. While we are discussing regulatory pathways, could you also help me understand, of course, the audience as well, the significance of such listed pathways? Definitely, Wasi. Such facilitated pathways improve access to essential medicines for the patient population with illnesses that are time sensitive. There are many merits to such facilitated pathways, which I will elaborate on in upcoming episodes. Well, that was a very comprehensive session about the US FDA regulatory framework, Esther. Thank you once again for your insights. See you again in our upcoming episodes. Sure, Wasi. Thank you for this detailed discussion and your great questions. Ladies and gentlemen, after an enlightening session highlighting the key features of US market entry, stay tuned for another episode where we further discuss all things regulatory.